0: Yeah 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 those laid eyes on a condom shall not live. Well hey everybody, welcome to another episode of If you know you know with your boy Black Dave and your other boy Jared.
1: Bro, why you gotta come down in tone like that? And
0: I was I was upset because I was like I couldn't think of another phrase. I was like, "Oh god. Um, you know, like radio hosts are better when everybody has their own nickname. Um, and I totally ruined that. But, um, you know, we're, we're presented today by huddle in, a, you know, web three native social media platform that you can download on your phone and mint your posts as NFTs. Um, if you're here today, shoot huddle in a DM, you'll get what's known as XP, which is a reward system in app. Um, today we have Betty uh i like to call you dead betty but i don't think people call you that um
2: i don't but you know what i'm kind of into this whole nickname thing but i do feel i feel um sorry for jared that doesn't have one so
1: we need to do that wrong. out no, jared.
2: <laughs> it was it was because i said your boy and i was like your boy's not
0: actually a nickname and i didn't want to be like your boy and your boy so it's, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry jared Oh, dear. it's all good Perfect. so <laughs> betty it's it's actually great that your day has already started uh, because every episode of if you know you know starts with this one question um and and this like i want you to know as well like this is not a web 3 required conversation so um there are people of course who hit me up wanting me to ask you questions and i might ask you some of them um I was on a podcast yesterday and he asked literally every question that was tweeted at him that other people asked. Oh my goodness. Oh, I should, (laughs) I should probably do this, but whatever. Um, the first question, always the first question, what's been on your mind lately?
2: Just in general.
0: Yes. Anything, anything in general.
2: Um, God, that is my mind. Listen, there is not enough space in my mind for the things on my mind. So I have to like, My brain is full with like 10 different buckets right now. Um, I'm thinking about moving to LA. I'm thinking about what web three looks like in the next six months to 12 months. I'm thinking about all the stuff that Deadfellas is releasing that nobody knows about. I'm thinking about like what I'm gonna cook my kids for dinner, what I'm gonna wear to Halloween. (laughs) So much, there's just so much stuff. Oh my God. and then of course, all of the serious world events, I'm like, what the heck? So my mind is so full um, and my, my goal um, for at least a part of the day is to empty my mind. So I think emptying my mind is on my mind right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a long answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, um,
0: we had Drift on um, two episodes ago and something that we actually talked about was that same thing. Um, Drift was talking about getting into meditation in the morning and Jared talked about like literally touching grass in the morning. Um, what's your method to clear your mind?
2: This is a really good question and actually something that I am very passionate about. Um, not many people know this or maybe they do, I don't know, but I am um, a qualified meditation instructor. I have led community groups for many years aside from any of my professional work um, for women and gender diverse people to find, um, those spaces in wellness, which is wellness is such a toxic, horrible industry, especially spiritual wellness. It's so rife with racism and transphobia, and it's just a, it's a real cesspit. So, um, yeah, a lot of my efforts for the last few years have kind of gone into that kind of on the side. And so I have so much spiritual practice that I bring into my day to day. Admittedly, um, I am like busier than I've ever been in my entire life. So it's a conscious effort. Like I have to really carve time out. Um, So even, yeah, touching grass, being out in nature is a big thing. I don't like to wear shoes um, for a lot of time in the day. So like I'll go outside and like walk on the grass with no shoes on. It's really important. Might sound crazy, whatever. Um, I like to be on the beach. I like to be in the ocean. I like to look at the moon. Um, and recently when I've been very, very busy, like working out is meditative for me because it just, it gives me something to completely lose myself in. Like I don't, because even when I watch TV or, well, I don't have time for TV recently, but if I watch a show or something like that, I've still, I still find my mind just completely going back to like, okay, but like, I mean, work right now is... I'm very passionate about what I'm doing but I have to be really careful because it is like when your passion and your work coincide it can be all-consuming and I know that that's not healthy so yeah I have to be careful with that.
0: This is amazing I uh these are the reasons why I love to do this show I think like um you know I especially like having you on and you being such like a web three figure um i really am so interested in you as the person i know uh (laughs) like when i when i met you i feel like uh, i was just going on rants about culture and like didn't even want to be like say the word dead fellas you know and and i feel like um i just want to create more spaces for people to talk about being people so i'm super super pumped i have one more like. Sort of like quick question, and then like, I'll let Jared, I'm sure he has questions um take a bit of the conversation. um so I've been doing this thing recently where I've been listening to albums that I don't like by artists that I do like. Is there a version of that for you uh while you think about it? I'll say that um the album that I listened to yesterday was Passion Pain and Demon Slam by Kid Cuddy, who I love. But I did not like that album, and after listening to it again, there are a few records on there. But I still feel like, um, aside from those specific songs, I'll probably never play that album again. What is that album for you, and by whom? So yeah, maybe like while we wait on Betty, Jared. Uh, I've never asked you that question, so do you have an answer? Man, I've never, I've never really. I'll tell you my about... other one if you want. If you need a second. Uh, the day before yesterday, I listened to untitled, unmastered by Kendrick, which is not my least favorite Kendrick album, but in my mind, I didn't recall loving the album, but then when I played it, I knew every song. And I was like, why did I think I didn't like this album? And so hopefully that gives you a second to decide yours.
1: Yeah. so like kind of two come to mind. The first one, I'm a, I'm a really big outcast fan. Um, I've loved a lot of what Outcast did, but I did not like Idlewild one bit, um and I couldn't see myself listening to that again. But like everything else, Outcast does, like I really love. I i, I got to think about it. L- let me let me think on it. We- we'll come back to it. Okay, cool.
0: You know what's funny about you saying Outcast? I was like, I bet it's Idlewild. Like as soon as you said that, I was like, I bet it's Idlewild. I think next on my list actually um, is. Uh, iron flag by wu-tang um i i i remember some of the songs being in a video game or something but um i didn't love the album like as much as i like the other wu-tang albums and i think something that's a unique dave fact is that um the w is one of my favorite wu-tang albums um that 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 was kind of like their commercially successful album after their first one because they had uh you remember that single uh gravel pit and uh i feel like they had another single off that
1: yo and, gravel uh, pit was a joint though man that was hot but it was
0: like a it was like a radio single it was like a like mtv like single like and they played that video a lot it was such a crazy video um
2: while we were talking about albums it got me thinking about that foe fighters album um i i don't know if you guys listen to Foo fighters but like i loved Foo fighters and i was really excited for that album it was like (coughs) the one with the buffalo on the cover or something like five songs do you remember that one
0: dave doesn't i i know uh i listened to a ton of the food fighters i have a random food fighter story but
2: Anyway, um, well, that, that album came out, and I was like, "Oh, God damn it!" And I, but I did listen to it over and over. I could never get into it, so I don't know. Sorry if everyone loves that album.
0: I um, you know I, what's funny? I think about um, especially us being old enough to like consume physical music media is that um, is that we. We're always like, I think we all did this thing where we would try to listen to an album that we weren't sure that we liked just to be like, I bought the CD like I should, I should be sure I don't like it. And um, I feel like that's an experience that's really unique to uh, people of a certain age, not to age ourselves.
2: That's so that's such a good point that is such a good point yeah like i'm gonna make the most of this because it's like in my house now i can hold it in my hand and i spent money at this and i went to the store to buy this like specific thing yeah i actually really miss that tangible experience of buying music though and like buying really buying anything i really would love to see that um that experience kind of played with more in this space because i i think that the culture of um it's like a you know we're in an attention economy where everything's like so easily acquired you've got access to literally anything you want like at your fingertips um i've spoken about this recently actually with the retail experience like generally just shopping in general is so boring now but it's because you can you could just do that same experience in the comfort of your own home why the hell would you go to a store um so just upping that experience in the stores like giving people an immersive reason to leave and to to have that physical experience because it's so important that we hold on to that i think that that connection um and yeah the effort that it goes to like finding new music like you know going to the record store or like i don't know there's probably like 20 year olds listening to this like shut up betty <laughs> but that's... it's
0: culture i love it it's culture <laughs>
2: it is it is and just like how exciting is it to like find a new band you know i mean you can kind of have that experience online but not really the same it's like not like flicking through something and like physically having to explore and pick it up and hold it in your hand and for me i used to really love like going through the artwork you know like i loved all the artwork do you remember i don't know what kind of music you listen to actually but i used to really love um with the Coheed and Cambria albums, how they would release like so much, um, visual art to go with the, the songs and everything. And also, um, System of a Down did it as well. Like their album artwork was always so beautiful and you got this like big, beautiful, um, you know, booklet that you could like fold out. And I dunno, even just the smell of that, like there's just something so tangible about it. That's just so missing from this space. So I would love to bring that back um somehow like inject it into this a little bit
1: I, I agree the cd books if we brought those back like that was one of the best parts of cds like i know and again i know that dates me too but like dave i know you got to be feeling this
0: so few things on the subject of coheed and cambria one of the greatest bands ever excuse I saw me them...
2: thank you wow we're best I, friends
0: now i saw them um i saw them when the second stage turbine blade was out I think their, their the um third album had just come out, but um they were on Warp Tour and I saw them then and I was it was such a small group of people, but Coheed and Cambria, just for your reference, Jared, if you don't know, is based on a comic book of the same name, and so Coheed and Cambria are characters in a comic book, and Coheed and Cambria's music is about the storyline of the comic book. And it's just one of the best, best, best experiences because the the art is amazing, but the music relates to the art and the story is so deep that there's always really like an Easter egg to unlock. Yeah. I'm so glad that you named that band because like <laughs> what a good one.
2: Yeah, it is. And I've been listening, I mean I've I've listened to them for years and years. They were one of my absolute favorites, like favorites. And um, Psych and I were listening to them again recently, like all the albums fully through and, you know, looking at that that really amazing way. I think they were well ahead of their time and I think that that is kind of when people can connect emotionally to something that you're putting out creatively on multiple fronts. Um, There's so much strength to that. And I know that, like, everyone's tweeting at the moment, you know, storytelling NFTs, like, But it's so true. Storytelling is, I mean, it's, it's in our nature as human beings, isn't it? Like it runs through every culture from the earliest cultures on this planet. Like storytelling is how we connect. It's like the songlines in First Nations Australia. It's like, it is what it is. It's part of our DNA. And I think that that really helps us um, to feel something beyond the, the flat experience that it can be just to listen to a song or look at a piece of artwork like it's just so such a beautiful way to do it so yeah anyway love coheed and cambria that was a nice little that was a, <laughs> a nice little detour in the conversation
0: i love it i you know i feel like <laughs> i feel like this like makes all of the ranting i did when i met you in worth it because i'm just like um i was just like you guys are so cool you guys are making the coolest stuff People don't get it. People don't understand culture. <laughs> and so like to be able to like have conversations where like our cultures overlap is really amazing. I think um, one last thing on the like music tip and I don't know where the conversation is going to go after, but like, I, I think a lot about Coheed and I think a lot about how Claudio was such a figure in the band. Right. And, mm. and really in that era, bands like the lead singers of bands were all figureheads. Of course, like, We're all going through like um, the Adam Levine thing right now where like he's the face of the band and it's going crazy or whatever. But like, if you you think about that time period, I was talking to, it might've been my girlfriend about um, Travis McCoy from um, Gym Class Heroes and how Mm -hmm. much of like a celebrity he was by himself. So much so that he ended up making music by himself. And like, I just think there were so many bands where like the front man ended up becoming like this like celebrity in their scene and I always thought that was so sick and even like um when I was playing in bands um the last band I was in uh the lead singer and myself were like the celebrities of the band and then everybody else was just in the band you know and mm. um, and that's so interesting to think about uh okay Jared I'm done I'm done I'm passing
1: to you no you're good bro you're good <laughs> well I, I do want to say though too because like I haven't I do to be honest with you I forgot about gym class heroes. But gym class heroes was high and like they had the most random like really cool sample that was like their hit song that that old jermaine stewart song like wow that was like that was such a crazy sample like maybe i don't know like if you get into like samples of music and stuff like that are you into any of that
2: i am yeah i love it and i love this song that you're talking about and i'm gonna listen to it right after we get off this um get off this call because i also forgot about gym class heroes
0: is it called Cupid's Chokehold? Is that the name of the
2: it, song? It's yeah, I think so. Yeah,
1: yeah, the the we don't have to take our clothes off song.
0: What a time we are really living our lives right now. I hope everybody in the audience is as old as we are because you guys
2: are I don't listen. I don't care if they're not. They've got some things to research if if they're not. You know. <laughs>
1: So, so speaking of with samples, and I don't mind keeping a music theme, do you have, like, is there a specific sample that comes to mind that is either, like, nostalgic or just something that you really love? For me? Yeah.
2: Oh, God. That's such a question. Holy moly. Um, again, so I'm going to th- – my <laughs> – okay. Um, sometimes it makes me really – upset and i'm like oh no what is that and sometimes i love it because i i do i get really like i love certain types of music um i think it was kanye west um sampled strange fruit by billy holiday um i think those i think it's powerful when samples are chosen for specific messages and like brought through um to like bring that message into a new context but it's got to be done so It's got to be done so carefully, I think, in line with maybe as well with respect to the original artist's view and especially when the artist isn't around to like give permission or not give permission personally, because a lot of these um, songs are like held by estates and things as well, aren't they, and labels. So Um, I also think the people that sample like ABBA and stuff like really unexpected samples are really great. i think it goes really hard but sometimes it's done really in a way that makes me upset i'm like oh no because the original was so great but i do love samples in general i think it's really cool to bring music i think it kind of again going back to that experience that you have going to the record store i think that's a kind of a cool way to be like hey guys (laughs) this was a song and it was really amazing and i know you're listening to it now in this new song but like you could maybe research this. And I think people discover old music. It's like, you know how recently everyone's like discovering Metallica and Kate Bush through Stranger Things? Like, it's really, I, I like it. I think it's powerful.
1: Yeah, I agree. And like, that's definitely what has made me feel really old now is not like my daughter will hear a song and she'll be singing a song and I'm like where did you hear that song like you should <laughs> you should know that song and she's like dad it's this and she plays it and I was like oh shit like I like I'm that old guy now like I'm like back in my day like so that that definitely happens a lot and I, I agree though the like I mean I can go through all sorts of Kanye samples that I really appreciated there was one that I really liked and the whole reason I even found out where it originated is um. I'm trying to remember which album it was off of, but the original sample actually, so he sampled a DJ that had sampled this group, and there's a French rap duo called um PL, and the name of the song is je suis. And and sorry if my French is awful, Jade's in the crowd, she's gonna be like, Whoa, bro, no, mean, that Yo, was
2: fine. Just it. <laughs> It's fine. It's easy to pronounce. You did it well.
1: But um, So the original sample came from that song. I thought that the beat on that song, if you haven't heard it's really cool. I don't understand anything. The guys are saying love the song though, that it was sampled by a DJ. And then somebody he had hired to produce, or at least co-produce one of the tracks on his album, sampled that without getting cleared. So it caused this whole ruckus, but like, I don't know, then it just, like, it's what's cool about that is all of a sudden you discover a whole bunch of people and I love finding people via samples.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it brings you, it's like the digital record store, isn't it, experience like you've, it's, yeah, a cool prompt to dive into something new. I've always lived like that, though, because I was raised like, I wasn't raised on um, current music, like the way I was raised. I mean, my dad um, was in a thrash metal band, and so I was raised on like a mixture of what my mum was listening to, which was like Joan Armatrading. Um, and stuff and, and then what my dad was listening to, which was like, you know, black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and all of that. And then like all of my current influences. And then we would listen to like classical music and jazz. And so I, I kind of, I've always looked at music in general, the same way I look at, art, but the, the way I look at music is like, I get frustrated when people, um, kind of vilify other genres you know when they're in their like um like little groups and they're like oh that's not real music or whatever like i i really can't align with that i think that um musicians that play instruments are as valid as musicians that you know are are putting music together in creative and new ways like i i think that's just as creative and talented and and requires just as much of a a unique perspective in mind. So, and it's all creative expression, isn't it? And all of that is so subjective. So I've always tried to appreciate lots of different, lots of different genres of music from all, all different times and places.
1: What's interesting is, and I I asked this, there's another space that I run a music space on Mondays and I, this has become kind of like my go-to question. And since you touched on it very briefly, I remember as a kid, like there was always one song, or one album that my parents would always play. And like now to this day, I have the words memorized because of it. I'm curious yeah. what that would be for you.
2: Um, I have, so there's, there's, um, Sabbath bloody Sabbath is the, the full album of that is, um, like fully ingrained into my soul because it was played so much when I was a kid. And then there's a song called I fall apart by Rory Gallagher. Um, that is probably one of my favorite songs. Cause it's, Every, like, I know every single note, every single, like, inflection of his voice, because it was just played a lot when I was a kid. And I just really loved it as a kid as well. Um, Claire de Lune, also, the, the composition, the piano composition. There's a lot, there's a lot of different songs. Rory Gallagher is a good one, though. I love him. Do
1: you, do you play, like, do you play piano? Cause I, I know Claire de Lune is like mainly a piano piece. So I'm, I'm a big fan, but do you play?
2: It is. Yeah. I was raised playing music. Um, I play the piano. I played the guitar as a kid. I used to play the guitar. I like, performed a lot. I used to try to be in a band a lot, but like in England in the 2000s, 90s and 2000s, like no one wanted a girl to be in their band. So it was more like <laughs> I would just uh, do it by myself. Um, and I also sing and I play the clarinet.
0: What a beast,
2: first of all.
0: <laughs> Jeez. I was I was not prepared. Oh. <laughs> That's amazing. Um something I I think I want to talk a little bit about um so part of the reason that this show is called if you know you know is um the first episode that we were doing the show didn't have a name um and Jared and I talked about um we talked about like Japanese fashion we talked about um like the idea of record stores the ideas around streetwear and like the the concept of if you know you know being sort of the the pillar of subculture um so i wanted to talk a little bit with you about like fashion about like streetwear um and like your inspirations with that sort of thing um i guess this sort of is a web3 question but not really i think of dead fellas as like a fashion-y collection um Mm -hmm. and and i would love to hear about some of your inspirations there.
2: That's really interesting um of a question and i love it so yes dead fellas is very much rooted in fashion streetwear culture music like i see all of those things because they are products of creative expression i see all of them as completely intertwined um and i think that when you are when you are expressing yourself with with fashion um in any in any sense of the word like if you're being true to yourself you don't really follow rules or or trends. I think it's about um, expressing a moment in time and you can see that through the different, um, I guess the way that fashion has kind of um, transcended in in many different ways. I think that through the nineties, you know, it's actually, have you seen the the documentary about um, Woodstock 99? I just watched it. Have you seen that? I, I haven't watched
0: it yet um but everyone every single person i talked to has told me to watch it so i will soon
2: well it's really great for so many yeah it's really great for so many reasons um but it was just very fascinating to me to look at um so much footage of that time because obviously i mean i was nine years old in 99 um and the fashion at the time was kind of reflective of where we were in society and it's just it's really cool to see that on people um in that documentary to like look at the the state of of culture and where we were and different subgroups and something that I always look to when I go to different countries, like I had a it was fascinating being in Korea, was looking at the the young people and the teenagers and seeing what they were wearing. And I see that the rules that people are following are um taking inspiration from kind of everything that's come before and putting new spins on things. And it's reflective of the music that people are listening to. And even, even the state of the world, like the politics and where we're at with that socially, it's like, you know, so I think we draw inspiration from, from everything for me, like a beautiful, pure time, um, for animation and for, culture, music, everything specifically, it's kind of like a golden era for me, but I think it is for a lot of people is the 90s. Like I find it kind of late 80s, 90s, late 90s that that decade was super cool, um, in my opinion, but it also brought a lot of not cool stuff like, you know, the complete commercialization of music and all of that. So. I'm kind of rambling, but I hope you kind of understand where I'm coming from the inspirations that I follow specifically are like, I use I use moments in my life to inspire what I'm wearing, but also periods of time and, and how I feel. I always like to, I think that you should be sending a message with the things that you wear and how you express yourself. I think it's a really powerful tool. Um, out completely outside of, of everything else that you use to communicate. I think it's, and I see that kind of flowing into this space as well with how we express ourselves digitally. Um, so I would love to see that progress too, but I think it's, it's a way to kind of show people who you are and, um, people gravitate to others because of that as well. I think it's really sad because a lot of women, especially, I think, especially as you get older, um, feel like that's no longer an option to them. So I would encourage everyone that's listening. In fact, I know I know for a fact that everyone that's listening, some of you maybe feel like you have suppressed that that part of you. But just just know that like, there are no rules and you can express yourself however you like in fashion and um, what you wear It doesn't have to be expensive, like the best things that you can find are in thrift stores. It's just a really um, empowering way to express yourself without having to like actually say anything. Anyway, I've gone on a tangent again, but there you go.
0: Tansons <laughs> oh. are are my favorite, and are the exact same things that I do. So I'm I'm uh, happy, I'm grateful, and thankful to be able to give you space to go on tansons that you probably don't go on as much as you would like. So <laughs>
2: yeah, um, thanks.
0: Um, thanks
2: very much. I think like
0: the the point that that you made about um like fashion as a representation and i think of fashion um especially me being a sneakerhead, i think of that as the first sentence that two people can have visually um when i see someone in a cool pair of shoes i don't have to say hey do you collect sneakers or if i see someone in a supreme t-shirt for lack of a better brand i don't have to say hey do you like streetwear or a specific band and i know it's a little bit different now but um, even thinking about people who wear specific band tees, it's like, oh, like you like that kind of music. I can jump straight to talking to you about this specific show that I may have gone to or um, something that that band member's done or just straight up ask about the new album of the band shirt that you're wearing. And I think about fashion um, as that very first step. And I totally agree as well on the digital side. Um, I play a lot of video games. And so I think a lot about like how what skins people use reflect their personalities. Um, and if you go even deeper into things where like, like NBA 2K, where you can actually dress a character in real clothes, I think about how that expresses something about um, a person as well. And, um, and I even, just to take it a step further, I think a lot about um, people who you know, buy clothes at Walmart and say, I don't care about fashion and how they all inadvertently dress the same but they're all dressing as people who don't care about how they dress quote unquote. And so Mm. I think that fashion is naturally communicates things, even when you're not trying to communicate. And it's, it's one of my absolute favorite topics, but, um, I think digitally and not even in like terms of like metaverse fashion and AR clothing, just like in terms of your choices, I think those really, um, can decide how people may approach and talk to you. Um, of course like you're dead betty so you probably can't like change your pfp too much or if you did like twitter might explode but like thinking about people who present themselves in certain ways in certain rooms um i know um sometimes when i have a collection when i have an nft from a collection and i'm doing a space with them i'll change my pfp to their collection and then i'll go into like a group chat i'm always in and everyone's like dave why did you change your picture and i'm like this is so crazy that um, my identity can be tied to an image that's just like what you see on Twitter but I yeah. believe that that in some forms is fashion
2: it is it absolutely is it's all expression I think at the very core of who we are we want to belong to something and we want to communicate who we are to other people and find our own people within you know this crazy massive of, of everything that that's going on and so it's it's kind of like a a north star you know like this is who i am it's the same i think honestly that's why pfp projects took off the way they did like aside from the people in it for flipping and finance and stuff like the the way that i guess subcultures and societies in themselves have been um born from these movements is so fascinating to me that sense of self that flows from the real world into the digital world this way through the choices that you're making and all of that goes into how you align with that project as well right so when people talk to me about oh you can't say this or you can't say that you lead a project um you can't be political everything in this world is political like every move that you make in this world is impacted in some way um or not politically because that is the society that we live in unless you live off grid on some remote you know, field and you're doing your own thing, you are moving politically. And so everything that you do reflects that. Um, So the values that you're putting into your work, which is obviously going to happen because it's, you know, especially if you're creating something um, with intention, people are automatically going to be um, attracted to you or to the community that are around you for that reason. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it is what it is and the choices that you make it's all communication tools isn't it like that's just how we show up in the world
0: i love it this is this is so like oh this is so good i appreciate you for joining us today um one question that i want to ask from from the twitterverse from my good friend jimena she um She's a mother in the space as well. She's a mother and she also exists in the space. I shouldn't say she's a mother in the space. She's a mother who exists. She wants to, she wanted to know about how you create balance between like kids and work, um, especially Mm -hmm. as somebody who's uh, a poppin individual for lack of a better phrase.
2: I think um, so I do. I, I appreciate that you're asking this question in this context, because often like the things, the way that I'm asked, this is very much like um, not the way that like psych would be asked this, which we are both parents and, you know, there's people on this stage and listening in right now that are parents that are also having to find balance. So it's definitely not um, an experience exclusive to motherhood. But um, the way I've always found balance is that I think um, it is so important to prioritize yourself as an individual, um, over your role of being a parent, to be quite honest. Like my children are my priority. They are my reason for being on this world, but they're not my only reason. And if you allow your identity to be completely swallowed by your role to another person, who are you really? And what message is that giving to your kids? Like my kids need to know that I'm an individual. Um, They need to know that I bring special things to the world and that my identity is important um, because of who I am, because I want my children to grow up knowing that who they are as individuals is important rather than their role or their service or the way that they are received by other people is important. Cause my role as a mom obviously is the greatest thing like i i i love being a mom i love being their mom but they need to know that i'm important aside from that and so prioritizing that time and space to be myself and be that person and also showcase to them like this is how you can be in the world is i think is is my priority so that i find balance by um making sure that i have time to do these things and to to show them that i'm doing that like i feel guilty um and i miss them when i'm gone i'm not i'm not gone i mean i'm gone more than i want to be recently because we're in australia and everywhere that i have to show up is so far away but when we're in la that will be very different um but yeah i i don't i feel guilty because i miss them but i don't feel guilty at the same time because they're witnessing me doing something that is honestly i mean it's incredible isn't it i'm not gonna um, be around the bush, like what we're doing here is amazing. Um, my kids are witnessing that. And I think that that is a very important life lesson. So, um, make sure that your identity as an individual is prioritized is my advice.
0: That's a bar. First of all, Jared, uh, you're a parent. I'm gonna let you respond. Betty.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. It's all good. And and I agree with you, um, fully Betty. So like, um, very very thankful um to be able to tag my wife in like yo (laughs) i need you to take over be mom uh let me go do this and vice versa like we definitely do that like we um having that partner is like incredible i can't i can't even say like i actually just said um the other day my wife was out of town so i was like dad and doing it all at the same time and i was like man i don't know how single parents do it so like hats off to any single parent but i did want to ask given that you're in nfts and given that you make the art my daughter absolutely loves nfts now and i i get this from time to time when people will look in my wallet they say you have a really interesting collection and i think what they mean is like weird when they say interesting but it's because like my daughter will sit down with me and like we'll kind of go through like cheaper nfts and she's like dad i like that one and so we'll grab it and like you know she likes to draw herself and all that kind of thing do your kids like do they have their own I guess one do they have their own dead fella two or, or i guess maybe the other way around are they into nfts and do they have their own dead fella or at least one that they like
2: they're inspired by this space um my children are, my oldest is um she's seven she's nearly eight years old um and then i have a five-year-old and a two-year-old so art and creativity is something we've prioritized with them since they were born like they've been surrounded by it their whole life they've known that that's how we make money. That's our job. That's our passion as well. And so they've always been doing that. They've always, I mean, they've seen Sykes art and been drawing next to him since long before dead fellas. And so dead fellas and NFTs is a very new thing for them. The way that they come to this space is from the perspective of, um, creating art. And so, yeah, they look over, um, especially my five-year-old loves dead fellas. She's very spooky. So, um, she's always drawing like zombies and witches and bats and she's, she's like Halloween 365. Um, my oldest is like, she loves way cuter things. So she's like a cool cat's maxi. Um, they don't understand it fully. And honestly, I'm, I'm fine with that because there'll be time in their life that they grow into this digital space. There's like for me i'm trying to preserve their analog childhood as much as possible while maintaining a balance so like we're not they don't go on ipads they don't watch much tv like we do puzzles i i really would like them to kind of experience um (laughs) touching grass as much as possible i guess um we play video games together and we do choose digital moments intentionally i know that and again this is not me coming at this with like this is how you should parent, guys. Please listen to how it is done. Um, because it's like that's bullshit and not realistic. I know for a fact um that iPads are amazing as a resource for children to learn, but like it's just different with every family, isn't it? I think cause we live so much in the digital realm for work and stuff, like by the time it comes to like hanging out with our kids, I just wanna like do collages and play-doh and stuff, you know? And they love that. So there'll be time when we're sat together all on computers. But like right now, I'd just like to preserve what we have, I think.
0: I um, I think a lot about when I used to work from home. I worked for Apple doing tech support from home before like the work from home movement. And I remember getting off from work and the only thing I wanted to do was leave my house. And um, I could totally see that as as someone who's like a digital first or a digital creator. Um, you know existing in a digital space so i i think that's awesome um i i do find it increasingly harder to um think about how children will live in a world that's um as analog as we may have lived but i also um try to i try to be a believer in the in the idea that the way the world is now is how people should sort of start to integrate into it i, I have a lot of friends i think who are really bad at like the internet and really bad at technology and don't understand how to use things that are really important to know how to use in this era because um in some ways it it gets over prioritized and so i think it's really really uh we trying to find that balance i i really appreciate that answer
2: yeah i believe the same thing and it is so important to be fluent in in digital technology as a child growing up in today's society i think because like while it's so idealistic and beautiful to think you can raise a kid on, um, no tech and, and whatever. Like I, I honestly believe that's doing them a disservice at some point because, you know, we are like the last generation to grow up in both worlds. Like I grew up without any technology. We, I mean, we had TV, but like, that's it, you know, and then growing up now, like everything is digital. So I think it is more of a conscious effort to make sure that we're, including the analog and making sure that you know kids are outside and stuff again this has gone on a tangent but like yeah i'm passionate about this i guess because i'm experiencing it firsthand anyway yeah nice balance
0: i think that's a major key on the um continuing down the analog path um something that that jared had asked drift um was about books are you a reader and would you recommend anything to the listeners
2: I am a reader. I am a reader. I can tell you what is on my, (laughs) I have, how many books do I have in my nightstand? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. I have 12 books on my bedside table right now. Um, I don't have time to completely dive into books as I used to do. and again, like I in the way that I come at music, I do the same thing with books. So I like to use them as reference um, and flick through them when I'm feeling like I need inspiration from a different source. So I have um, a book written by Jonathan Van Ness um, from Queer Eye. I have poems from Emily Dickinson. I have a Welcome to Country book, which is written by a First Nations person um and forwarded by stan grant it's like a guide to indigenous australia i work with a lot of first nations communities locally so i like to understand whenever we go to a new town like the you know the actual history of that town i have <coughs> a book called truth bomb which is by abigail Crampton, and it's inspiration from mouths, mouths and minds of um women artists and it's all about like lack of representation in the physical art space i have bobby hundred's novel this is not a t-shirt which is great guys if everyone wants to read that i have june which is also great um yeah i have a bunch, <laughs> I have a bunch of stuff
0: it's it's such a a range of topics um <laughs> and like a range <laughs> of writers like, like um what's funny is when we ask this question to drift. Um, his his whole thing was like, yeah, I have these books like a lot focused on like spirituality and like sort of like motivations and things like that. And so we made him name like three books and he was like, oh, this, this and this. We were like, oh, wow. Okay. Like you're really about this life. He like, he wants to start a book club. That's like, one of his goals is uh, a book club. And so, So um,
2: listen, I love the idea. If we're going to talk about spirituality, like to be, not to be cliche, but the alchemist is such a good book for anyone that needs, I don't know, inspiration or whatever. It's a really short read and it's really, um, I don't know. It's just really good. Um, I also really recently read a book, um, a Japanese book called the courage to be disliked. Um, and that is also really good. Obviously, you see how I'm received on online <laughs> spaces. Sometimes, this is not um, an exclusive experience to this being an NFTs. Like for many years, I've done a lot of um, social justice work, especially around um, women and gender diversity and um, and First Nations causes. So it's like I receive a lot of bullshit online for a long time um but i do find this book very useful it's great
1: i'm definitely gonna check that out um I, I'm curious too because i love to actually read like physically read the, the actual books i know that makes me like boomer status but curious do you listen to audiobooks at all
2: um i prefer podcasts over audiobooks because sometimes when i'm listening when so when i'm reading a story I get really distracted by the voice of the person reading it, whereas podcasts are like um, a different because it's more like, you know, an interview type thing or like a, a story in a, in a documentary way. But when I'm listening to actual stories, like if I can't vibe with the person's voice, which is sometimes often like I just can't get into it. It's really weird. So I do like to read again going back to that like physical experience like i like to sit and read a book
1: yeah well and so to that point a hundred percent like if ever i'm going to download an audiobook i see if i can find a preview first because if i can't listen to the person's voice i can't sit there and listen to you for like four or five hours like it's not gonna happen
2: yeah it'll be something like maybe just the way they pronounce one word and i'm like oh my god it makes me cringe so hard and like every time they get to that word i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i don't know my quirks
1: all right well i'll grab it from him real quick um i was curious so in in the um in the topic of like being on culture and streetwear and things like that i I did have two probably relatively easy questions for you to answer but one is did you have a particular i know dave and i are both into sneakers a lot i know you said you don't like to wear shoes but did you have a particular sneaker that has been your favorite maybe over the years like i know like 10 15 years ago like a good like five-year stretch like i was all about like sbs and things like that so one um i guess that that question first
2: so i do like to wear shoes i want to make that very clear i love shoes um i just like to have time in the day where i'm not wearing shoes and i like to be outside without shoes on for a a period of time in the day Gotcha. i don't know how realistic that's gonna be In LA, in Australia, it is very easy because (laughs) nobody wears shoes in many situations. So it's fine. But yeah, um, when I was, I'll go back to when I was a teenager, when I was a teenager, I was extremely very much in my like emo phase, but I was, I would say it was more like skater emo phase, you know, I was, I was rocking those chunky etnies a lot. That was like my, (laughs) that was my aesthetic. Um, they were pink predictably um, and it was very much my thing um, now and going into like adulthood and even as I speak to you now um, I love Converse and I love Vans I, I think that like when I talk about sneakers in general like I'm not a, I'm not really a sneakerhead I do appreciate them and I love to wear them for like occasions, but it's not an everyday thing. Like for me, an everyday thing is just like regular Vans or like, you know, regular Converse. I think there's like amazing shoes that are, you know, like how the Balenciagas that they're, they're so cool, but they're so heavy and they're so like, it's just not practical, I don't know. I'm about like practicality and fashion as well as, um as well as aesthetic and message, like, you don't have to have um you don't need to be like dripping I think a lot of people misconstrue like wearing designer clothes and having access to designer clothes as um being fashionable or stylish I think that you you know a lot of people you can you can chuck on a Prada shirt and be fashionable or be like seen as like a style icon that's absolutely not it it's all about creative expression and you can pull that from literally anything like people can you can make your own stuff, you can repurpose things, find old stuff from your dad. Like there's so many different things. So anyway, going back to that, I think that I like a mixture between like classic staples that like can never, you know, it could it, you could never retire Converse, like come on, it's and Vans. It is what it is. So that's what I love. Um, oh, and also uh, Doc Martens. Oh my God, how could I ignore? Doc Martens also can never This like forever. They're bullshit it. because like new pairs are just like a full-time job to try and uh, break <laughs> in. So I typically like to buy them from second-hand shops, but I did buy some new ones um, recently. Well, I say recently, it was like eight months ago and I'm still breaking them in. It's just awful.
1: <laughs> yo, I, I saw that kind of recently. Like, I forget where we were with my wife. I was like, yo, is that person wearing Docs?" Like, I didn't know those had made a comeback, so...
2: They never left. What are you talking about? Made a comeback. Oh, my God.
1: I don't know.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Jared, you just ruined all the cool authenticity of it. You know, you
1: know. (laughs) Right. Yo. So I will definitely say, like, there was, like, in high school, like, it was, like, everybody rocked docs. But first of all, them things were expensive as shit. So, like, I had to, like, save up for those for my job. Like, so in high school, to have a pair of Doc Martens, like, you were flexing. But I don't know what it was. I Actually, I know exactly what it was. So she mentioned wearing the converse. I do, I, I am a big fan of like light stuff. I, I don't like clunky shoes at all. Like I, I don't like that heavy feeling having to like drag my foot around or anything like that.
2: Are we rubbed um, again?
1: Jared might
0: be, I'm just gonna go like he is. You're good. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, I completely resonate on the like bulky shoe thing. When I was in high school, um, I skated, I skateboarded a lot more than I do now. I still do a few tricks, so don't test me. But, um, but like I, I remember I won a pair of Globe sneakers, and they were like super bulky, and they were all gold. And I used to like play hacky sack with my friends. Like I was like, I was like your essential like Hot Topic kid in high school, um, who also skated, and. Um, and I love that. And then I migrated to slimmer shoes, but I actually stick to mostly Nike SVs as a collector. Um, I'm a firm believer that one of my favorite, like, sneakers in general um, on women is the Vans Skate High, the black colorway with the white van swoosh, with the white midsole, with the black sole. That's the hands down one of my favorite shoes um, to see women in. I don't know why, but like, I, I like i remember i used to make lists of like my favorite shoes that women could wear and uh just to tell you how obnoxious i was um and i just i just wear jordan so who might even say that i think something you hit on and i know like we're coming up on the hour or at the hour is like um how much expression doesn't have to be tied to brands but at the same time how much brands mean things um i think there's something special about that like duality or that sort of juxtaposition um maybe that'll be my last like comment for you to like say something about and then i'll like, like jared maybe throw something else that you only wrap up or did we lose our dogs <laughs> oh okay 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 cool um i think like yeah that, that's it for me jared what you got what you got
1: um you know like really to be honest with you like i don't have a lot so i'm I'm really curious about like what you might have planned for halloween but i feel like i could probably hop in the discord and, and maybe get some alpha on that um but other than that like i just really really want to express like thank you so much for coming on like i've enjoyed the conversation and i think dave and i probably share this sentiment with everybody that we get to talk to like we could probably keep this going for a while but thank you so much
2: Thank you. I think it's really cool because it's like hanging out with friends like you guys are picking up everything that I'm putting down and vice versa. Like there's a lot to talk about because we clearly align. Um, and I think that's really a cool part of being in this space. It's been really nice to come and just talk about random inspirations because all of that comes into the things that we create, doesn't it? So it just gives more context to people understanding like what Dead Fellas is and who I am and um, yeah, so I appreciate that a lot. And for Halloween, we have um, a big party, a big activation in LA on the 29th of October. Um, I have not released any more information than that thus far, um, but it, it's coming and it's, we're very, very fucking busy in the, <laughs> the background. Um, so expect a fun time. And yeah, it's going to be great.
0: That's amazing. I guess thank you once again um, for everyone listening. This is If You Know You Know with
1: your boy Black Dave and your boy Jared um, with <laughs> Huddle In.
0: That was, that was better, right? That was better. Um,
1: yeah, it was more normal that time. <laughs> uh,
0: if you're here in the Twitter space, uh, DM Huddle In with anything, letting know you're here um, to get some XP on the app. Um, if you're into that, it's a, it's great. Um, Betty, last question for you, and then we'll end the space. Um, your favorite ninja turtle please
2: oh my god no I, so this is a, <laughs> i don't was have this a, a hard favorite one? <laughs> no listen i don't have a favorite because they are like that was my favorite thing as a kid like my favorite thing i used to have everything ninja turtles i had like the t-shirt i had the costume i had the backpack i would sit and eat my little sandwiches as a toddler in an inflatable ninja turtles pool in my house like it was, it was a full obsession. So sorry, I can't answer that question. I love them all.
0: That's the best answer. Um, thank you, Betty.
1: Um, Jared, if you want to take us out with any last words, I'm, I'm all done. No, I'm, I'm good. I, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, uh, tap in with the app. Um, please let us know if you have any questions at all. Betty, thank you. A million thank yous. Um, love to run us back at some point in the future and we can get an, We'll, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on everything you guys are working on.
2: Yep, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you soon, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those who have yeah. laid eyes on a Gundam shall not live.